We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bradford Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hits Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify wh- your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. Joe Castiglione. Cannoli. Oh, that is a snippet from the latest Bradfoe Show <laughs> podcast. You can get it at weei.com. Rob Bradford doing some word association with Bobby Dowback. It is the Midweek Clubhouse Report with our guy Rob Bradford at weei.com. Brought to you by McFarlane Energy, Greater Boston, and Cape Cod's choice for dependable heating and cooling solutions at McFarlaneEnergy.com. Was that the answer you were expecting on that one there, Rob? Oh, no, man. That was my guy, Coop. I said, Coop, can you do some word association with Bobby here? Think of three things. He had the worst things. (laughs) He 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 said Charlie Baker. And Dahlbeck's face was like, who? What? What's going on? Ted Williams. What? Who? But Joe Castiglione, pause, 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 cannoli. So there you go. You got to coach the big, these the, guys up a little bit. Well, bro, yeah. Bro. I yeah. mean, coach them up ahead of time, maybe. Yeah. They're high school seniors. They're 17 <laughs> years old. They're Rob tapping into here. <laughs> <laughs> Great, greatness comes in all forms, fellas. Come on. Let's go. Wow. <laughs> really? Yeah, Kyrie Irving's going to be listening to that. <laughs> uh, so, Bradfoe, yesterday, a 2-1 win. And Keith and I talked about it a little while ago. Are you starting to see the pieces of the bullpen maybe fall into place, or is there still some trial and error, let's say, going on with Alex Cora? I, I am. I burn this tape. Spring training is overrated, okay? Because I always like to go to spring training, but burn this tape. I mean, it's unbelievable how the narrative has changed. That the act, the bullpen has actually been a thing of strength for this team. You go down the list of guys that you saw last night. Okay, you have you have Matt Strom, a guy who had to work out to basically get a major league contract in early March. You have Hansel Robles, a guy who signed a minor league deal. You have Jake Diekman, a guy who couldn't throw a strike in spring training and everyone thought was washed up, leading all the way to Garrett Whitlock, who, who, knew, who absolutely knew that he was going to pitch last night because they just pitched a couple days before. But I think what you saw last night was how it can work. These guys actually have potential. It was, it was a big risk for all of them. I mean, as we said at the beginning of the year, you're dealing on projection and not certainty, but so far this year with a lot of these relievers, the projection actually has worked out. So I'm curious with Garrett Whitlock because I, I think he has the best stuff probably on the entire staff. I think, oh, I think yeah. he's probably he's their best pitcher. He has pitched in the 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth so far this year. Is that part of it sustainable where you're using him as just like like such a weapon and I know a lot of relievers it seems like they like to know what their routine is or they like to know when it's their turn is this gonna work moving him all around nah see remember like the the Craig Kimball thing seemed might as well have been like 50 years ago right I can't pitch in the eighth inning like nobody's saying that anymore nobody certainly nobody on this staff and everyone understands that that you're going to pitch in different spots. It's going to be matchups. It's going to be t- the where everybody is in the order. And with Garrett Whitlock, there's no. And you, you, I mean, you're right. 
You're right, Rich. Absolutely. He is the best pitcher mm-hmm. on this staff. Not even close, I don't think. And so you're using him, obviously, in different ways. I love the stat that said I think he leads the major leagues in, in innings uh, of appearances of more than an inning without giving up a run. Like, I think it's 26 now over the last two years. This guy is a legit weapon. So you just have to find the best way to use him. And what makes it easier for Alex Cora is that he doesn't throw a lot of pitches. Yeah, he'll go out and th- – throw three innings but it'll be like 30 pitches so he'll be able to pitch in three days down mm-hmm. the road and that's exactly what happened here uh the lineup i know we have we've seen some crooked numbers i mean in the in the twin series there were some snowmen in there but they gave up some where what do you make of the lineup here some 10 games in i know story was in and out as well but i think people thought there was going to be a lot more offense out of this group. Yeah, well, you know, before yesterday's game, we're like, yeah, the lineup is, is sort of eh, – we can't really get a hold of it. They're underperforming. And then we can't sit here 24 hours later and like, oh, my, they've turned it all around because they won. They had three hits. So it's you have, to, you have to ride this out a little bit, I think, because, number one, you don't have anyone else to hit at the top of the order. Kike did this last year where he got off to a slow start and then turned it on. And then you have these other guys who have a track record, so you figure they're going to figure it out. Like Trevor Story, he's showing signs. J.D. Martinez, obviously, you're going to run out there. Bogarts, Devers, Verdugo's been hitting well. I think what you got to do is you got to get the bottom of the order hitting. Now, you, you don't want to go through what you did last year with Bobby Dahlbeck, right? You just don't want to do that. And so, you know, I think that he's in a better place. When he gets to the plate, I think that people have more confidence that he's going to get a hit. But still, you have to get results from the bottom of the order. And it's the same, guys. We're, we're talking about the same stuff we talked about last year. It's the same conversations. Oh, my goodness. No leadoff hitter, a bottom of the order. But they figured it out. I think, you, listen, we're 11 games in. You just got to ride it out a little bit. How different, Rob, do you think the starting rotation could look at the end of the year compared to what it looks like now with Evaldi, Waka, Pavetta, Hill, and Hauk? I think that you, just, you have to get to the middle of June, and then you're in pretty good shape maybe. I mean, you have Chris Sale. You have James Paxton. Both of those guys seem like middle of June is realistic for both of them. And if you feel confident about where they're at and that they're going to be able to be 90% of themselves, then then you figure out what you have. You can move Hauk and piggyback Sale like they were planning to begin with. Uh, you, you can see what Rich Hill's doing, what Walk is doing. You have depth. Right now, they don't have a lot of depth. I mean, if somebody got hurt in the starting rotation or was really, really terrible, like, you don't have a lot of guys behind them. But if you can get to mid-June, I think you're in a good spot. Rob Bradford at WEEI.com here with Gresham Keefe. It is the Midweek Clubhouse Report with Bradfoe. So we have, what, uh, two of the catchers, Vasquez and Ploiecki, mm. are down. Jonathan Arreu's down because of COVID. We know that the Red Sox go to Toronto. I think it's next week, and they're going to have to leave some people behind. It, in a weird way, Rob, are the, are the Red Sox kind of dodging a bigger bullet here in terms of the timing of all of this? Well, I mean, they went through worse last year. You know what's bizarre, guys? Is that last year, was it, were they even playing in front of 5,000 fans? There were like 5,000 fans. I mean, that's a reminder of like, that they were the chaos that was last year. So as much as, as chaotic as it has been the last couple of days, it's still been nothing. And with the Toronto thing, at least they know what's coming. I mean, they don't, it's not like they're going to start getting boarding on the plane and like, oh, wait, 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 where's that guy? Where's that guy? Where's that guy? Wait a second. Where are all these guys? No, they know who it is. No, we still don't have a number. We only really have one name. So it, it, I think that, that goes in their favor, certainly. 
But, uh, you know, they knew that every team knew that they're going to probably have to ride it out a little bit. But you, it's undeniable that it's a whole lot better as we sit here than it was last year. Forgive me if you guys talked about this last week, but the Xander Bogarts contract extension reports that were out there. See- Wait. He's he's he can be a free agent after this year. What? <laughs> no, I'm what, saying what, what? they offered him like an extra like a uh, couple of passes, like parking passes, is what it sounded like. Like, it, can we? Get I'll, those? T- I'll take that. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. let's go. I that's know that's the most valuable free. thing I, in listen, Fenway. For, that's a lot of 81 home games. That's a lot of you know. It adds up quick. Build a garage. But what's the point of offering a low ball offer or or anything like? That? Isn't it better to either not make an offer or one that is you know, you mean business with? I mean, John Lester would suggest that, yes, <laughs> wow. yes. Yeah, you, exactly. You, I mean, that's you, the one we all go back to, offer. but I'm like, this Bogart right. one isn't that much crazier. It's, it kind of feels the same. I said that at the time. And it's their prerogative to say, this is what we value at now. We're willing to ride, through, ride you out through the season and then get to the end. And then if we really think that you're worth more, then offer you more then. Well, that's a dangerous game to play, obviously. Because, what, and number one, this group – hasn't shown the ability for their own guys to say, to do shock and awe and basically we're going to blow everyone away like they used to in the David Price and Carl Crawford and, and Haley Ramirez and those guys. Like, they haven't shown that tact. They're like, we're going to set the price, and if you take it, great. So when if Devers gets to free agency, if Bogarts gets to free agency, I do not expect them to re-sign here. I mean, I don't. I, I know that Bogarts desperately wants to come back, but he also wants to be valued as an elite shortstop, which he should be valued at. So to answer your question, why do they do something like that? Because it's the same reason why you offered Garrett Whitlock the deal that they did. You're like, well, you, hey, listen, we don't think that you're going to take this, but if you do, great. And he takes it, right? Right. So maybe, you know, you never know. It's the put it on the bumper stickers. You never know, <laughs> right? You yeah. never know. Now, open market, are both guys $30 million a year players? Yeah, I mean, Devers gets paid more. Devers obviously. for sure does, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's like I said with the Devers thing, I mean, if I were the Red Sox, I would just be like, okay, here's Manny Machado's contract. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And and if he says we're close, then we can then you're in business, right? I mean, that's that's ten years at three hundred million dollars, signed at the age of twenty six. So at least you know what you have, and that sort of lends it to what you're talking about. Why wouldn't you give at least a representative offer? Because you've got to know where you are with these guys, right? And like, because with Mookie, I think they knew where they were with him. They're not going to go to Mookie's level, so we're going to trade him. Sorry, but if you do that, if if you get to that point with Devers next year, earmuffs everybody, you're going to have to explore the same thing. So with, with both these guys, yeah. I mean, I think if Bogarts has a good year, a really solid Bogarts year, he's a $30 million a year guy. Well, and, and I want to counter that because I think we were looking at it in comparison to Devers. But isn't it really more a guy like Correa who was on the market thought to be at least at Xander's level and in the eyes of some maybe a little bit better, and he essentially got a dressed-up one-year deal that was around that $30 million mark. So isn't, isn't it going to be more tied into maybe Correa because of the position and the fact that how many teams realistically are going to be in the market for a $30 million shortstop? So I started to think about it. Like, I wonder why the Red Sox did the same thing. Maybe they're reading the market and saying that if Correa didn't get $300 million, why would he get $300 million next year? 
Yeah, but say Carlos Correa has an enormous year this year. He opts out, and then he gets his three hundred million. Right, it's and all, then you know, and then you compare the numbers so, to Bogarts, and if they're less, then right. you then well, then you got your ability to negotiate under. Sure, that. sure, but if you look at it's you know it's you're right. I mean, it's about playing what the market in in with Correa's case. I don't think they played that right. I mean, I think that they got to after the lockout. That everything was before and after the lockout. Seager got his money. Simeon got his money. Um, these other guys got their money. But Correa, I think, was holding out, holding out, holding out. And, yeah, he got his, listen, $35 million a year with opt-outs. That's pretty good. But it's all about hitting the sweet spot. And, yeah, you're right. Maybe, maybe Bogarts doesn't hit the sweet spot. Maybe he has this enormous year, and then they're like, well, you know what? Correa's opting out. We're going to take it. But what if Correa doesn't opt out? Then you're sitting there as the best option, a middle-of-the-order hitter, a superstar guy. And, you know, for the Red Sox, like, I don't know. I just don't think they're going to pay that. Like, I just, no matter what the market is. Like, they got Meyer sitting there in a couple years. They got Story sitting at second base. I just don't think they're going to pay what it takes to bring back Bogarts. Yeah, and it's just, it is deja vu to Mookie Betts because we're trying to talk all sides of it. Like, do you really want this guy for eight to ten years? And you just, you kind of go nuts with it. Because if it's if it comes down to Xander Bogarts, Rob, and it's like, you know, we'll pay it 25, but uh, we can't pay it 28. Or whatever, like whatever the number actually comes down to. Like, really, is there a line in the sand where like a few million bucks a year you can't go to, or do ultimately you don't want the guy because you don't think he's going to be good for six years? Well, it's complicated well, because not only is the Bogart deal just quickly, Rob, it's what is the shortstop market, but whatever you do with Bogarts affects Devers directly. Sure. So you're so if you're the Red Sox, you're trying to read one market properly and not alienate the player. But if you just say, all right, here's your $32.5 million, then Rafi Devers is like, great. I know I'm going to get paid the number I'm looking for. Yeah, and listen, I mean, the, the ownership and everybody else comes out and says, we want all these guys back. We wanted to play Frank. for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we we all do, yeah. yeah, exactly. Great. You know, like I want a Mercedes. I can't get it for a dollar. And so it's, it's you know, it, it's – is the, the timing of this does, has never worked out for the Red Sox because of the Devers contract. Because, you know, if you, hey, if you don't get Devers, you really wish you kept Bogarts. Well, Bogarts is the first one up. I think what you come back to with that offer that they reportedly gave, uh, gave De, uh, Bogarts, which, by the way, like, if it's not 100% accurate, I think it's pretty close, okay? Judging by his reaction, judging by his tone, all of it. So that tells you that, yeah, we're willing to pay you maybe the $30 million, but we're not willing to give you, like, the long-term deal because we know that Meyer's sitting there. We know that we have story for six years. So that's the problem. Devers, it might be a long-term deal, but they're saying, hey, listen, we're not willing to pay the, the $35 million that you're going to be asking. Uh, only one more left for you, uh, Rob Bradford. And, of course, the Bradfoe Show. You can hear it at weekends here on WEEI. You got the podcast as well. When are you sending your eighth grader or whomever helps you do this thing to go talk with Flash Gordon, the newest member yeah. of Red Sox Radio? Well, we, I mean, send him? I mean, he's he's basically works with us. I mean, he, I walk in the building. He's right there. No, but the when, when are we going to get the, the, when the are we gonna get the big, like, uh, breakdown, sit down, all that stuff, and get the, uh, when are you going to do, like, 20 questions with uh, Flash Gordon? Uh, well, well, listen, whatever, whatever, 
anybody wants it. It's fine. Like, he's the great thing is the twenty questions comes within nine innings of a baseball game because he is coming to the Christmas party. Flash Gordon is a member of our team. Guys. Love it. All right. Isn't that? Isn't that? I'm who, blowing the whistle on little, that. He's little, on our squad now. Flash he's Gordon's, on our squad. He's gonna show up to the Christmas party. Can we have Flash, oh. can we have Most, Flash Fridays on our show? Can we get Flash? Oh, Friday let's go. Can we have right? Flash Fridays. Come Flash on. Fridays, please. I mean, little Richie Keefe in 1999. Yes, love the guy. I am gonna be. I am gonna be in, an, in the cubicle next to Flash Gordon. Like who never would have ever thought it. that? Never, never believed never it. Right? You have a cubicle? You I don't. You I, I share a desk. <laughs> <laughs> Wipe it down. Uh, Bradford, thank you, sir. We appreciate it. The midweek clubhouse support with Rob Bradford brought to you by Farland Energy. Thank you, Bradford. Thanks, guys. I'll see you. There, there we go. go. There goes uh, Rob Bradford. Always kind enough to join us on Twitch as well. And you never know where Rob's going to be set up in the house. He can be pointed All towards the kitchen. The he can be pointed yep. to... It's Light like the, is a bright day wherever he lives. Oh, the, the sun, it looks like. Oh, I just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> he's, talking about firing him into the sun. Well, he's already there. My God. How about that? Flash Gordon? Uh, yeah, Get Flash Gordon. How about that? I think it's like 20 or 30 games or something like that this year. Love it. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.